much. So we do the series on full access. And last week, Pastor Sam Monk, we had um, him streaming into our room here, talked about the confidence that we have uh, because of what Jesus Christ has done to enter uh, the most holy place and how we can come into the, um, into the presence of God. And Hebrews 10, 19 to 22 talks about how we, can, we have confidence to enter the most holy place. But I'll read it to you in the NLT. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, got it there, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. It's kind of the imagery here is of the temple. There was a super thick curtain that on the cross, like that curtain split in two, like it literally split from top to bottom, and we can go in. So he says, and since we have a great high priest, that's Jesus, who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Lots of symbolism in there. But there's this idea that we have confidence. We can come to God with confidence. And the word there talks about cheerful courage, boldness, and assurance. But every time I read that scripture, I always think of Seinfeld. Um, I'm probably a little bit young to watch much Seinfeld, but do you remember that character Kramer, who used to like, he would just walk in the room all of a sudden without knocking, and he'd be right there looking kind of semi-stunned. We can be like that into the presence of God. The way has already been made, and we can just come right on in. We don't even have to knock. We can enter straight into the presence of God. And the crazy thing it says here is we can do that when our conscience is guilty. So when you're feeling, oh, I've done something bad, you can still boldly enter the throne room of God, go straight into his presence. Uh, You might have heard the idea of that, that feeling, you know when you've made a mistake and you think, oh, I hope Dad doesn't find out. I remember once I, um, I broke the towel rail in our bathroom, like I ripped it off the wall. Can't quite recall what I was doing in the bathroom. Some kind of gymnastics or I don't know, but I, I ripped the towel rail off the wall and I think maybe I did it twice. This was the first time though I did it and I thought, oh no, I can't let dad find out because I've, I've done this, like obviously I was doing something really stupid. And um, so I went and fixed it myself. And this was the upstairs bathroom. It didn't go very long. So I went into the garage and I, I, was relative, I was old enough to know how to like fill a hole in the wall and sand stuff, but not old enough to know that doing gymnastics in the bathroom was not a good idea. <laughs> and so I filled the hole, like filled it, let it dry, sanded it and screwed it back in. It's very, don't lean on those towel rails in my parents' house very heavily. <laughs> it's not a good idea. But I had that sense of I've made a mistake and I do not want my dad to find out. That's quite different to the way we can be with God, where you go, oh, I made a mistake. I need to go to Dad right now to help me fix this situation. You know, the kind of God we have, the love he has towards us, is say, you made, you made a mistake? Come tell me about it. Come on, I'm going to help you with this. The kind of presence uh, that we can have with him. Um, one of my favorite verses of all times is Colossians 1, 22. It talks about how you were his enemies, separated from God by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now, yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, God has brought you into his own presence. 
and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Oh, I just love that scripture. We can run into his presence even when we feel like it's the last place that we deserve to be. Even when we feel like I do not belong in, in the presence of Almighty God, like I've got to get away from him because he's going to squish me or I've got to get away from him because whatever the lies are that shame is going to be telling you, we can run into his presence. But the thought that I want to bring us today is that we don't come into his presence for mercy in, in like a transactional sense. It's not like I, um, I come into the presence of God, do a Kramer, open the door, and then walk in and I hand over my account book and he stamps it, debt's cleared. Oh, great, there's my account book on my way. Or I don't come into his presence with my, um, with my afterlife passport and he stamps it and I get the visa into heaven like some kind of uh, heavenly customs office or immigration office, and, oh, yep, I've got the paperwork, right, off I go. I come into his presence so that I can be present with him and how I can let God be present to me. Now, you're probably familiar with the idea. What does it mean to be present? Being present to something or to someone is more than just being in the same space at them as them. You may, um, you may have seen this, observed this, or you may have been in this. If you're out for dinner or something or out at a cafe and you see two people sitting down, having a coffee together, together, but they're both sitting there on their phones, and you think, are you, are you, I know you're sitting next to each other, so really you're present, but you're kind of quite absent. Or maybe in class, you can be present in class. Yes, your body turned up in the room, but your mind... Your mind is somewhere quite different. To be present, fully present, means to be attentive. It means to be who you are, to be fully in that space. And that is what we are invited to when we come into the presence of God. Meaning like that feeling we get on a Sunday or when you put the worship music on or when you kind of get the feelings. We are invited into the, into the presence of God all of the time. He wants you to be present to him, and he, he is present to you, but are we aware of his presentness? That is a, a, a relationship that's of real intimacy. It's not just, we did the paperwork, great, your sins are forgiven, you're going to heaven, you're fine. It's actually an ongoing, intimate relationship that we are invited to. We're not just entering into an audience with the king, but we are invited into intimacy with our God. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down by looking at um, uh, F- Father God and the Holy Spirit um, and just share a couple of testimonies as well. So it's difficult talking about Father God because we all bring to our understanding of God as a Father perceptions of what our own Father on earth has been like. And so there's kind of like a lot of sifting that you have to do to kind of really get at who is, who is God as a Father to me. But that is who he is. He's a father. Uh, Romans 8, 14 to 16 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you're God's child. You have not received a spirit that makes you a fearful slave. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. For his Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And that, that phrase, Abba, Father, that's a, 
um, a respectful but an intimate way to address your father. So not that kind of formal, you're not, you're not calling him sir. It's kind of got that feeling of daddy, but there's a little bit more kind of respect in it as well. Papa would be how I would call to my dad. Um, and that. And that idea that God is our father, we are his children, it comes out again and again um, in Galatians as well. But I really liked the, the Passion Translation. I have to read it to you. It says, You do not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he, that's God, rises up within us, our spirits, who we really are, join him in saying words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our inmost being, you are God's beloved child. And that's my prayer for you today, is that the Holy Spirit would make God's fatherhood real to you and that you would hear that a God's beloved child. You, each one of us, not just the people sitting around you who you think are more worthwhile, each one of us are his beloved child, chosen by him. He wasn't lumbered with us. He, was, we ch- he chose us to be his, to be our father. It's, it's incredible, and it's, it's true all the time, but do we feel like it's true? Do we feel like it's really real? Do we live into the truth of that? That is the difference point. Um, and so I had, a, I had a really interesting experience, a, a cool experience when I was uh, applying for this job. The recruitment process was lengthy. Um, I had a series of interviews and different things. And I was going into one day, I went up to Christchurch for um, a couple of interviews and I was going to have coffee with the principal. But the first thing I was going to do was deliver a lecture, kind of like an audition. Uh, and it was going to be, I could choose what it was on. They were gonna, they'd managed to like rope in five actual students, but we also had like 10 staff pretending to be students, which is awkward, because like, oh, but I had to pretend that I was actually delivering to students. But like, I know you're all sitting there with your PhDs, so this is kind of like, kind of tricky. And I was feeling a bit nervous about it, and um, I knew that something was really important was establishing rapport with the students, and that's, that kind of thing. So I thought, I've gotta be relaxed. But who knows, how difficult is it to relax yourself by just saying, relax. <laughs> doesn't work. Really doesn't work. Uh, so I had my e-group praying for me specifically for that, that I would just really relax going into it. And at the, uh, the next day, I had a, um, had a Zoom meeting with um, Greg, who's now my boss, who said to me, you know, I was just so impressed how relaxed you were yesterday. I was like, yes. I said, well, I did have people praying for me. But actually, the thing that made the biggest difference was um, something that happened for me that morning in my devotional time. So I was spending time with God and trying to build a practice of uh, spending, spe- reading some scripture and then just se- spending 10 minutes sitting in silence with God, just listening to that, chewing over that scripture and listening to him. And oh, it's not easy because my brain just like all over the place. But this morning I had a, an incredible sense of God's contentment with me, that the Father is contented with you, Maya. The sense of, um, well, actually, I don't need to prove a thing to these people because the Father already approves of me. And that is true of each one of us. 
wasn't just true of me because I did come with what they needed for the job. He is, he is well aware of your growth points. Now I call them growth points, which really means like the things that you need to get better at or your, your faults. But we're, we're faultless in his sight. And he's, he's well aware of your growth points, but he's not dissatisfied with who you are. And that's really difficult for us to get our heads around because we don't love like he does. You know, I'm, I can think of my husband whom I love, and I'm well aware of his growth points. <laughs> as he is well aware of my growth points. And I am obviously content with him, but I don't love him like the Father loves him. But Father God, is he is content with who you are. And it was, um, it was really awesome. And it, really ma- it obviously made a difference. It, made, it was something they noticed. But I want to declare to you today that your Father is content with who you are. And how the Father feels about you, what the Father says about you, is what is most true about you. He says, I'm content with you, with all of the authority that comes from being like creator of heavens and earth, all of the authority of having sovereignty over everything. He, when he names you, he speaks identity over you. And what he speaks over you is that he is content with you. Yeah, he's going he's to work at things with you, but he's not dissatisfied with you. And that is like, wow, I will, I will take that relationship. Because going then to try to get better at things or to try a thing or to put yourself out there and do like a lecture in front of these people is, comes from a, such a different place. And I want to encourage you, that is the Father is content with you. Um, so that was my second interview. And then I had the third interview, went up to Auckland for this one. But at this point, I'd pretty much got the job. There's just kind of a few hoops to jump through. And I was, um, I was a bit nervous about this one as well because, although my husband was always like, yeah, you're fine, you've got it. I'm like, yeah, I just, thank you. I appreciate your confidence, but I'm still nervous. <laughs> um, I was going into like an unfamiliar environment, meeting a lot of people. Wasn't really sure what I was going up to. Well, what is the whole day going to involve? I don't know. But I will be there, and I knew there was going to be an interview. I knew I was going to be grilled on some theological issues, and like you've got to say the right words. And sometimes the right words don't come um, when you want them. And you had to, had to clinch something. And uh, that morning as I was spending time with God, I thought, oh, I'll just connect into that contentment of the Father again. Um, and I did a little bit. But what I felt um, that the holiness of the Spirit, that he is, was a companion going with me. And throughout that day, as I traveled up and got picked up at the airport and met these people who I'm now working very closely with and then sat down and had this interview with these people and then had another interview with this person and then went out for lunch with these people and then had the final coffee and they offered me the job. Throughout that whole day, I didn't have like moments when I felt like the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and I just started prophesying and, you know, in response to their questions and they're grilling me. I didn't have any of those moments, but I had this sense of, of the Holy Spirit being at my elbow, just, just right there with me and his, his companionship. When I was like, oh gosh, how am I going to answer this question? Just it flowed, but there was that sense of, of with, withness. And I loved it because sometimes I think of the Holy Spirit as as some, someone that helps me do things or helps me feel things more than someone who is with me 
And it's not that he doesn't also help you do things and help you feel things and help you know things, but more than that, he is with you. The Holy Spirit isn't one who gives you an instruction manual. Oh, and here's a tool belt. Okay, off you go. He's one who walks with you through the process. Because once again, that is the kind of God that we have who is more concerned with a relationship with you than he is getting stuff out of you or getting you to do stuff for him. Um, I'll read to you John 14. Jesus is praying um, and talking to his disciples, and he says, I'll ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he, that's the Spirit, will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him, but you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you and will live inside you. So Jesus is talking to the disciples, and you can imagine them going, and you can imagine us thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great just to have Jesus around all the time? Like, you know, if I could, if I could just walk with Jesus like the disciples did, and then he would help me in these situations, oh, wouldn't that have been great? But Jesus actually says, I've given you something better. I've got the, I'm going to ask the Father, he's going to send you the Spirit, and he's going to be a friend to you just like I am. Now we can sing, what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in the Spirit. Because the Spirit um, presences Jesus to us, makes Jesus present to us, is how we talk about it. And, and with that, it is, there's an intimacy, and there is a sense of being at your side. So later in John 14, paraclete is the um, Greek word. He's the advocate, whom the Father will send you in my name, and he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. In the message, um, it's been translated as the friend. The Holy Spirit is the friend. Except he's like one of those good friends. You know how you've got friends who are like good times friends, but don't ask them for advice? He's not one of those friends. He is, he is the advocate. He's the counselor. There's a sense of it that he's the one who is called to your side. Para, like para is like uh, next to. He's the one called to your side. The Holy Spirit is at your side. And he is at your side uh, through all the things, not just the seemingly spiritual things, not just the things where you think, oh, this is a worthy God kind of thing. The Holy Spirit is at your side in all the things, whether it is your workplace, you're in a secular context, you're just doing something that seems really practical, he's at your side in that. The Holy Spirit is at your side when you are studying, whatever it is that you are studying. The Holy Spirit is at your side when you are making dinner, when you are changing nappies, when you are trying to get your child to go to sleep. The Holy Spirit is at your side. The key is recognizing whether he's going to be, or are you going to be aware? Are you going to be present? to him? Are you going to be attentive to his presence with you? Uh, there's a real sense of intimacy in it. Again, like I say, it's not the Holy Spirit. I was like, oh, here's the instruction manual. Here's some tools to get it done. Off you go. I'll be watching. It's intimate fellowship with it. Um, there's a Second uh, Corinthians 13, 14 is kind of a, the closing of the letter. Paul says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Um, and that lovely word, fellowship, it's a great Christian word. <laughs> what does that even mean? Uh, the message translator is the intimate friendship. Intimate friendship. 
So Cornonia is, uh, it's got that sense of community and participation uh, and intimacy. It's the, at the root, it's got that sense of to know in the biblical sense. If you, know what I, if you don't know what I mean, it starts with S, it ends with X. That word is also used to refer to that, and that is intimate. You don't want to stretch the metaphor too far, but you are invited into intimacy with God, intimate friendship with God. And if you think about what intimacy is like, and when you don't let yourself be fully seen, that creates a barrier between you and another person. Yeah? When you don't really let your spouse fully see you, there is a barrier between you and that person. The funny thing is that God actually already sees you. Uh, He's not limited by that, being all-knowing in that. But the act of letting yourself be fully seen, of opening yourself to intimacy, creates a a greater sense of connection between you. And we're invited to intimacy. We're invited. But the question is, what is our response? You know, what's your RSVP to this invitation? Sometimes we, we stubbornly resist his kindness. You know, it's the story of Israel, if you just look through the Old Testament. They're just all over the place, often again. We think, oh, actually, I'd rather do it by myself. For whatever reason, whether it's pride or shame or independence or our own brokenness, we resist his kindness. But I want us this today to make a space to uh, respond yes to his invitation. I'm just going to make an opportunity before I, we, we shift on to that all together. If you're here this morning, you think, I've actually never RSVP'd on that invitation from God. I've never said, hey, God, I, I, I do want to be your friend. I want to follow you. I want to be a Christian. In every service, we make space for this, so I'm going to do that today. Thanks, Hazy. Everyone just close your eyes. And so just people are going to have a, have a moment. If you're here today and you say, yeah, I want to become a Christian. I want to follow him. I need to make uh, a decision that he's my Lord and he's my saviour and I'm going to follow him. If that's you here today, just want to give me a wave so I can see that it's you and I'll pray with you. It's, uh, it's a first step, but it's a big step. It's the start of the journey. Is there anyone today who wants to do that? I see you. Is there anyone else? Okay, I'm not seeing any eyes. Uh, any eyes. I'm not seeing eyes because you've closed your eyes. I'm not seeing any other hands, so you can open your eyes. But I want us all to have a, um, a take a space together now to respond to the invitation of God. So I'm going to ask you if you're able um, and willing, obviously, to just stand up with me because sometimes you can sit down on the outside means you sit down on the inside. The Holy Spirit will get your attention if He really needs to but he's not generally intrusive. But he is always there, whether or not we're aware of him. It's like being at coffee with someone and they're there, but you're just looking at your phone. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is there, but you're just looking at your phone. There are things that we can do to be more present to that reality. There are practices, like I was saying, I'm really finding it so helpful to start with my day with just taking 10 minutes sitting quietly before God, trying to pray, not get distracted, but just listen more than anything. And we're just going to pray together this morning. So if you, if you feel comfortable, why don't you 
uh, adopt a posture with your body that says, God, I'm open to you. Maybe that looks like raising your hands or closing your eyes, whatever it is for you. Father God, we love who you are towards us. That you would be a God who knows everything about us, but loves us still. A God who is so aware of um, of all that we need to grow in God, but is not dissatisfied with us. And Lord, sometimes it is hard for us to hear because we like to be judgy. And sometimes we have had complicated relationships with our own fathers. But God, we ask that you would, you would show us who you really are this morning. That you would peel back the layers of our stubbornness where we have resisted you that you would peel back the layers of our arrogance where we have said we don't need you. That you would peel back the layers of shame where we would say, I don't deserve you. And God, we stand before you freshly exposed to your gaze, but loved by you, accepted by you, knowing, God, that you are content with us. And Holy Spirit, we love that you are, you're a companion. You're not just the force. You're a companion, a friend that we can be intimate with. And God, we ask for your forgiveness for where we have been distracted where we've been preoccupied, Lord, and we have ignored that you are the one at our side. And God, we ask that you would help each one of us to be more present to you, to be attentive to your presence to us. God, I ask that you would help us to build the kind of practices that cultivate attention to your presence in our everyday life and our going out and our coming in, our walking around and our lying down. God, that we would be aware of your presence and that we would be present to you. We receive your love this morning. Why don't you just take a moment? Maybe there's some words you want to say to him. God, that we get to be yours. God, you are so much better than we could ever conceive. We love you. Thank you that you receive us and we receive your spirit with us today. Amen. Let's invite the band to come up. Now, I often think to myself that, uh, that God is so much better than I thought he was. Now stay, stay, stay on your feet if you're able to. Um, he's so much better. He's so much better than I thought he was. When I started out following him, I didn't realize he was this good. But I want to speak a, a, a blessing over you. The amazing grace 
of the Master, Jesus Christ. The extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. Amen. Give a hand back over to Pastor Nate. Thanks, Matt. It's an amazing word. What a great invitation to intimacy with our Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit. And uh, I just want to encourage you, it's, it's like any relationship. It's, that's just one, this is just one moment. But if I only ever talk to my wife once a week, we don't have much of a relationship. <laughs> it's the same with God. This afternoon, tonight, tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day. Just keep drawing in. Just keep stepping into that. And can I say also, do it in community. Do it. That's why we encourage e-groups every week is that when you have other people who can pray with you, who you can unload, hey, I'm feeling this stuff. I'm feeling distant from God. I'm feeling this is hard. And they can pray for you. I, I had a I had a pretty bad day on Tuesday. And uh, and I had a group on Wednesday night. And I just I didn't, was, I didn't like pour out my heart, but I just shared some of where I was at and was prayed for by my e-group. And I just, it just really made a difference to me. Uh, it just, yeah, it really helped me gain perspective. And I just encourage you, don't, don't think you can do it by yourself. We're not designed to do it by ourselves. We're designed to do it in community. God himself is a community. We're designed for community, so let's be a community, eh? Awesome. I'm going to hand back to uh, the team, and uh, they're going to lead us in a final song. Remember, it's new to church lunch. If you're new here, stick around, and we'll hang out.